What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? I'm talking to you right here. You're going to witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? You ready? Are you ready? Welcome to Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest, the weekly podcast where movie enthusiasts, current and ex-movie theater projectionists, new and old friends, and Hollywood scriptwriters take the time to talk about a movie that we just watched and answer that very question, should or shouldn't you watch this? How does this stack up to Jordan Peele's other two movies? Is it better? Is it worse? Find out this week and next week as we review Nope from 2022. You ready? This man is not what you think. He's gonna get you today. Are you ready? No rated R only in theaters Friday. Joining me today is friend of the pod and friend of the priest, guest JJ, who's been on the show many times on many of our most popular episodes. If you haven't listened to those, you need to. Welcome back to the show, my man. Yo, yo, popcorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also joining us for the third time, screenwriter and Hollywood name dropper, Jerry Garcia. Welcome back What's to the up, show, man. Thank you. Sorry for cutting you off there. <laughs> oh, dude. That's fine. Welcome back, gentlemen, I should say. This is, uh, we, we joined forces on Karate Kid. And what was um what was the other one? Sicario. Ah, yeah, Sicario. Very, yeah. very good, very good ones. Yeah, great review. That was a that was a great movie. Oh, I just more. Do you need some more <laughs> more applause? <laughs> I screwed that up. That's Woo! the applause for Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, applause for Karate Kid and Sicario. Yeah. Go go yeah, exactly. listen to them. Yeah. All right. So the description for this one: the residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Directed by Jordan Peele, director of such hits as Get Out and Us, top build stars are Daniel Kaluuya. 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 Daniel Kaluuya. Kiki Palmer and Brandon Perea. 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 What, did I say those right? One, yeah, ti- one time? Yeah, okay. And <laughs> I also really like Stephen Yoon. Yoon. Stephen Yoon. He's, he's Win? Stephen Win. <laughs> Is it W? It's Y E U N. I thought it was Win, but I could be wrong. Stephen Win. Yoon. Yoon. The guy from Walking Dead. Yeah, the guy from Walking Dead. He's awesome. And I don't know why he didn't get top build star over Brandon Perea, but sorry, Steven, for butchering your name. We just, we just don't know how to say that. <laughs> yeah. We love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, runtime for this one is two hours and 10 minutes rated R genre on Rotten Tomatoes says horror, mystery, and thriller. And IMDb says horror, mystery, and sci-fi. So with, the IMDb genre and the Rotten Tomatoes genres, I, I look this up because I'm curious why the, one says horror, mystery, and thriller, 
yet IMDb says horror, mystery, sci-fi. So IMDb has a rubric of what those mean. And I want to read you because I haven't read them, these particular genres on the show before. So I've got horror, mystery, and thriller. So horror says, should contain numerous consecutive scenes of characters affecting a terrifying and or repugnant narrative throughout the title. Note, not to be confused with thriller, which is not usually based in fear or abhorrence. The examples they give are The Shining, Halloween from 1978, and A Quiet Place. This is, this is, this is a horror, right? This was actually one of my questions, popcorn questions. What genre is this movie? Because mm-hmm. under the trivia, it says this, this is the first horror film in IMAX. Really? That's, that's true. I didn't know that. What? So it classified as horror under the IMAX tag. So, but I don't know. What do you think it is? I do think it's a mix of all those. Do you think it's horror, mystery, and thriller? Probably, right? I think it is. This might be the right... Well, you got to throw sci-fi in there too, I think. That's true. It is. It's probably horror, mystery, thriller, and sci-fi. But I might disagree with the horror. I think it's more of a thriller sci-fi than a horror. I didn't get any horror vibes from the film, if I'm going to be completely honest. (laughs) The only... And this... Ah, man. This might be... This is going to be really hard not to spoil it in part our, this week's part one. But I, I'll say this, and you hit the buzzer if I'm going too far, but there is blood. I'm not going to say how it comes upon us, but there is blood. And it's not just like someone gets a little paper cut. There's a, there's a lot of blood. So I, I don't know. That, that gave me horror vibes when I, when I watched it. Yeah. And then whatever you want to call the mystery object, I mean, that's got to be sci-fi though, right? Yeah, mystery slash sci-fi. So here's what... Unless you s- want to classify that as a monster. Yeah, definitely sci-fi. Mm. And make it in the horror genre. What would you classify Jaws, for example? Yeah, I think that's its own genre. It's like a monster th- thriller. Yeah. But there's not really a genre monster. Like, I mean, but you do go see a monster a monster movie. Yeah, like Godzilla. Is, is Godzilla horror? I wouldn't or say. action. I would say action. All right, let's. Okay, I'm going to read mystery and thriller. So this says should contain numerous interrelated scenes of one or more characters endeavoring to widen their knowledge of anything pertaining to themselves or others, usually but not always associated with crime. Examples are Girl on the Train from 2016, Gone Girl, and Winter's Bone. Yeah, with that description, I wouldn't say that this is a thriller then. Yeah, because here's thriller. Should contain numerous sensational scenes or a narrative that is sensational or suspenseful. Note, not to be confused with mystery or horror. And should only sometimes be accompanied by one or both. So they, they themselves are saying you can't have all three. But we're saying it has all three plus sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, Pill did the whole mix, so... Yeah, I think uh, I think he got it. I think he got all four into this movie. And speaking of IMDb, the rating from IMDb is 7.0 out of 10 from 121,000 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes gives us an 82% from 417 critics and 68% from 5,000 plus audience ratings. Seems seems low. The audience ratings are not, are low. I'd be curious to know, do you know Get Out and um, Us's rating? Get Out is 98% from critics 
and 86 from audience. And us, 93, and then 60. So this one scores slightly higher with the audience than us. I think it's because the ending was so confusing in us. That's why a lot of people are just like, huh? I don't get it. I mean, myself included. I don't know, man. We'll get into this a little bit more, a little bit of this week and a lot next week. But I, yeah, I think I wasn't as confused in us as I was in Nope. Same. Okay. We'll leave Definitely it Definitely confusing. All right. Let's get into, okay. Before we get into our new category, where to watch this right now at the time of this recording, you can only purchase the digital copy from your preferred purveyor of digital media. If you choose the highest tier of our Patreon account, you'll have access to the Popcorn Priest permanent collection. Go to patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest for details. And this brings us to our newest and most popular section in the show called Popcorn Reviews the Reviews. And this is where I select, I cherry pick two to three of the top insane 10 out of 10 reviews from the normal people on either Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. And then I select three of the most, the worst. And then we kind of uh, just talk about those. Are you guys ready for this? Yes. All right. Let's go. Amazing. This is the, this is the, the 10 out of 10s. Amazing says Gold Gamer 41402. Probably the best out of the trilogy. He calls this a trilogy. <laughs> Jordan Peele really gave us an amazing movie here, and I would watch it all day. I would definitely recommend this movie to everyone. 10 out of 10. All day seems excessive. <laughs> seems excessive. A lot of that seems excessive. <laughs> and I don't view this as a trilogy. He's just made three films. Yeah. So th- yeah. This is not a trilogy. Well, and they're not even related to each other. It's, I yeah. Mean, right. Exactly. It's almost like, you know, the three, uh, three flavors, Cornetto the, of the, I'm the worst popcorn priest ever. If I, <laughs> I can't remember, uh, it's the, the zombie one. <laughs> It's the one with Sean, Sean of the Dead, Sean oh, of the yeah, Dead, that, that. Um, the get Hot Fuzz, and then the one about the aliens. So that he did a kind of a trilogy, but that was like a loose trilogy. This is definitely not a trilogy. So sorry, Gold Gamer four one four zero two. It is not nope. a trilogy. Nope on that review. No. Nope no. on that review. <laughs> All right, Zach Pike. He says, please, please, please ignore the critics on this film. When I tell you this is Jordan Peele's most beautifully chilling film yet, I mean it. I was in absolute awe the entire duration and the way all these subtle things linked together was so well thought out. It's hard not to be blown away. 10 out of 10 stars. That guy wrote that when he was high. I mean... Many gummies were consumed before this. <laughs> but he means it. He, he means it. So I respect that. He does. But there is no way all these subtle things link together and they are well thought out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nope. All right. The last great review is Let's Go Boy says Unique Particle. I haven't felt well today and this has still hit the spot. Nope is everything I'd want it to be and more. Ultimate IMAX experience with the sound cinematography is beautiful throughout, and the intensity was so good. Jordan Peele created another hit that should be appreciated. 
10 out of 10 stars. So I would agree with Unique Particle in the fact that this was a movie that you needed to experience in IMAX with the sound and the cinematography because those shots were awesome. Definitely. One of my favorite parts of the, the whole entire movie was the cinematography and the sound and the IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we were, we were able to hit that up. But I'm glad this movie cheered this guy up. Unique particle. He was having a bad day and <laughs> saw it. And he feels better. So once again, I respect that. All right. All right. Here's three terrible reviews. And these might be inching towards the popcorn priests <laughs> reviews, but we'll leave that at, at that. M Loya 58732 says, it's a nope for me. I left feeling disappointed, thought the concept was cheesy and drawn out way too long. Not what I expected. But with a movie title like that, it should have heed the warning signs not to watch it. Also, who gives this movie a 10 out of 10? What? Nope. Come on, Jordan. I expected more from you. Slap ass. One out of 10 stars. What does that even <laughs> mean? Harsh, but <laughs> what does that even mean? Slap ass? He just says slap ass I- at the end. That must be a new one. I don't know. I don't get that. <laughs> All the things that they come up with nowadays. But yeah, it was a bit harsh, but I can kind of second a lot of that, to be honest. I mean, that's why I picked it. Uh, next one. How on earth are people rating this above a four? Says Jamie JJ86. I have rated this film one. To even out the fact that this film currently has a score of over seven, which is beyond crazy. This film shouldn't be more than a four or a five, being generous. One out of ten stars. He just wants to even things out. Yeah, I mean... God bless him. I, I love the fact that he's saying it's a four or a five. I, I'm kind of in there. And, and Rotten Tomatoes, 68, what's that, a, a six? That's a six, right? Six and a half? If you're I guess, going on that rubric. This guy is passionate about his ratings. Yeah, he's he's pushing it down. He's taking the, the score down. All right, B.A. Harrison, this is the last one, says, Close Encounters of the Turd Kind. In 2015, <laughs> my son insisted we watch Brendan Fraser's comedy Furry Vengeance from 2010. I forgave him, eventually. Today, he suggested we go see Nope. It's going to be a long time before I'm able to let this one go. One out of ten stars. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Strong this words is, there. This guy's about to disown his son over nope. As well as comparing it to He's furry vengeance. Tell him nope. He has a classic furry vengeance. The classic. Isn't that about that. like gerbils or something? Like I don't know. No, I poor Brandon Fraser. He's having a comeback right now, which is great. I like I like that. I feel bad for this guy's son. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too far. So th- this is all in jest, right? I mean, I'm just trying to take both sides of the spectrum here with the reviews. So that really brings us to our hottest segment in podcasting. Should or shouldn't you watch this? And you guys, please add to this list because I struggled to get five. So... Here's my five reasons why you should watch this. Number one, if you watch Jordan's other two movies, this is for you. Yes? Correct. Number two, if you like UFO movies, is this for you? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Number three, if you want to be confused at the end and wonder what you just saw, this is for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Yes. You could also add like in the beginning and the middle too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Throughout the film, if you want to be confused at the beginning, middle or end and wonder what you just saw, this is for you. Number four. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, exactly. And number four, if you enjoy reading articles about other people trying to explain this for you, then this is for you. Did you guys oh, go yeah. do that? I had uh, to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I felt like, I did that for way too long. I was like, I needed to, I needed to figure it out. I, I just walked I away. Weird. Good answer. Yeah. I watched way too many, um, nope explained YouTube videos. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a good place to go to the YouTube rabbit hole for stuff like this. Do you have a fifth reason? I do. And the last reason, number five, I don't even, I don't have, a, I don't have a five. I don't have it for the reason. <laughs> What's the, give me give me a reason that I should that we should tell the listeners to watch Nope because obviously I'm probably on the lower spectrum. I think you guys I don't know where Jerry stands, but I think I know where JJ stands. Give give me another reason or two or three. I mean, it lures. I think it kind of does a good job luring you at times. Uh, visually, like Jeff said earlier, like the, the cinematography, visually, the effects, it was actually well done. I, I will give it that. I can't take that away, but a hundred percent. I agree with you, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you, if you're, you know, nice little date night, that's why you should go see it. A date <laughs> night? Still a, a nice little date night. Cause I mean, you're not going to be paying attention to the movie anyways. I don't know, I don't know. if <laughs> your date night's going to go, I don't know if your date night's going to end well. Um, after you take, you've seen this movie. Well, like I said, you're, y'all aren't probably going to be paying attention to the movie anyways. If you know oh, there you later. go. Okay. <laughs> then yes, this is a perfect date film. <laughs> if you're not going to be paying attention and you're just doing other items. Cause this, you're going to be lost anyways. <laughs> yeah. This is, that's great. That's a great, this is a date film. This is a, this is a Valentine's day. Not a, not an October Halloween movie. Snuggle up on the couch. Put some nope on. Put some nope yep. on. I yep. like it. Any other reasons that we missed? So I just want to piggyback on Jerry's comments, just um, the cinematography. And, you know, you know, when you uh, go see a Jordan Peele movie, you're in for a treat as far as visuals. You just know the scenes are handled with, you know, utmost care and he's got complete control of his vision. So um, the storyline we can talk about later and things like that. But, you know, he's going to respect the visuals. I agree. I mean, he... Amen. And I agree with what Jerry was saying too, about the fact that like you, you were invested. I was invested. I didn't know why, but I was, I was like, something's going to happen. It's coming, right? Right. It's going to come. And I I just kept waiting and, and I was like, oh, that's, yeah, it, it was, it was engaging. I was not bored. I was just confused. Uh oh! Did I lose there you? you? Go. That was a, that was. Oh a, my gosh! Movie. That was the longest pause. I thought I lost everybody there. <laughs> I think you should leave that. In. I might have to leave that in. I was like, wow, my my comment was so potent that you just were left speechless. I was just, I was just, I was feeling. It. I was taking it in for a minute. You're just like, letting letting the note talk flow over you and wash over you. I mean, the popcorn priest has that effect on people, you know. All right, any other reasons that we might have missed before we get into popcorn by the numbers? I mean, acting was good. I mean, I had no complaints with the acting. I mean... Yeah, acting was uh, great. Who who was the sister? Kiki Kiki Palmer, is that her Kiki Palmer, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, she does a great job because she's annoying, and that's exactly what a little sister <laughs> is. So, no, she does. She lands that perfectly. Yeah, so. she is very annoying and on purpose, and and it's great. They, yeah, great casting. I like. I like how see I uh Michael Wincott he was the uh he was the one that plays a cinematographer. Oh, I was gonna say that. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He was a. Uh, I remember when I first saw him in Robin Hood, uh, the Kevin Costner one. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that, that, that's a good movie. But what's uh, his name like, again? Uh, Michael Wincott. Now, he's really good. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's a really um, great character actor. Yeah, yeah, he was in an old uh, movie. Um, uh Bosque about Basquiat. What is that? About Jean Michel Basquiat. Jean Michel Basquiat. He's a, a New York street artist. Oh um, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was a um I can't remember. Oh, who plays? I don't know. I, I don't want to go off Jer- too far. Jerry's I, elevating I like the pod with Jean Michel Basquiat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was in that and he was really good, so that's why I don't know. I think he's a good actor, so I'm glad at least he was in it. Yeah, he, Daniel. He brought a lot of like really cool spooky i mean his voice is really gravelly and scratchy and he spoke really softly and like slowly it was he was awesome he's very he's very typical like typical filmmaker (laughs) oh that's cool i mean you you're the name dropper you 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 know any filmmakers that kind of resemble this guy not not physically but like his actions (sighs) come on man just give me some names. Just drop them. You know, and that's what these walls. So uh, there was a show we worked on called Mosaic. It was, uh, I think it was done with HBO, but uh, Steven Soderbergh was the director for that. And he just, he, he doesn't sound like him, but it's just like the mannerisms because he's just very, like, he knows what he wants, you know, and he knows his vision. And so he's just, he's very, very focused, I guess. And that's kind of the vibe I got from, from a uh, Wincott's character. He's like, he's just focused. He's seen it all, done it all. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, <laughs> he's just like, give me, you know? let's get the shot. I don't really care about your comfort or anything else. Like just, just right. do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. But Steven was a really, really good guy though. Like he was a really good director. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get too much interaction with him, but, when I saw he was pretty uh, you were were you on the set of that film? Yeah, yeah. I was an extra and then I did some PA work on that too. Which which one? So I was called Mosaic. Um That was a Soderbergh it, film? Yeah, it was with uh, uh Sharon Stone. Oh wow. Name dropped. Jeez, yeah. so many drop so many names are being dropped. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to remember who else is it. Oh, the guy from uh, Home Alone, uh, Devin Rattray. Uh, he plays uh, Buzz. He plays Buzz. Oh, the yeah. Older brother. I love that guy. Kevin, what'd you do to my room? <laughs> right. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> did you meet any of these guys while you were on set? I I didn't meet Sharon, but I did meet the other two. So I met Steven, obviously, and then uh, Devin as well. Oh, my gosh. He was on, um, uh, he was on another movie. Uh, that was at Sundance, but and I saw him there at the premiere of that. I can't remember what it was. It was a different movie, but anyways, dude, you are the uh, you're the champion of weaving in the craziest name drop that that has weirdly like connective tissue to this. It's I love it. That's why you're hey, on the how, show. How, how did we how did we get to, all the way to Sharon Stone? <laughs> I don't even remember how we it got was, to uh, that. It was the guy, the the cinematographer actor. 
that that guy. Oh yeah, he reminded me of Steven a little bit. Yeah, I, that was probably the closest one. I don't even think that's a great example, but yeah, kind of hey, similar. Similar vibe. Yeah. I don't know Steven Soderbergh. I don't call him Steven either. So this is awesome. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even think I'm allowed to call him anything. <laughs> I know, I know. This you are awesome. coffee boy. <laughs> well, that brings us. This is a great segue into popcorn by the numbers. Blank. For God's sake, just give me the damn number. All right. If you know this, don't say it. But what do you think the budget was for this film? I guess you can't say it if you already looked it up. I, I would, don't remember. <laughs> I would say like a hundred million. That's probably yeah, probably because the effects. It was sixty-eight million. Okay. So I mean, it's pretty high for for a horror film. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like all those sets were built, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The amusement park was built. I'm assuming that that uh, like house was built too the farmhouse yeah yeah and like the uh, like the attraction place yeah the the amusement park the attraction yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and they and they i don't know if they moved it or or they built it on this on the back lot of universal but it's there like you can go to all those attractions and walk through it now yeah, I did see a video of that. It looks pretty awesome. It does look cool. Weirdly enough, I would enjoy seeing that. I don't know why, but it sounds cool to me. I also know they have a War of the Worlds set, too. Um, friend mm. of the pod, John. Did it. It's pretty cool. Hmm, I love it. That'd be cool. The domestic box office haul is, what do you think the domestic is versus worldwide? I don't know. I guess they probably at least made money back uh, worldwide. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'd say domestic would would be about half split the difference. That'd, that'd be my guess. One hundred and twenty-two million for domestic, and then worldwide is one hundred sixty-nine million. Okay, nice. Yeah. This is good. That's yeah. a decent return. Yeah, they did a lot of marketing. I'd be interested to see what the marketing budget was because it's I don't know if they include that in the. Yeah, I've always 68. wondered that exact same thing, and whenever I look it up, I I would love it to know because I. I feel like some of these movies, like they, they like hide some money and cause they just want people to go see it and they spend a ton of money on marketing. So yeah. I, what do you think? Um, Bill's pulling from this, for this film. I don't know for sure, but I would, I would say between 10 and 15 million, 10 million. 10. Yeah. He's, he's on the upper echelon now of directors. Yeah. I would say so. 10, I would say around 10. Which he deserves it. Like, he's great. I, I love his exactly. storytelling. And I love the fact that I could, probably should have brought this up in one of the reasons to watch this is this is a new story. Like, I'm not watching a superhero movie. I'm not watching a sequel. That I'm not watching a sequel after 37 years. I'm, I'm watching a new, mm -hmm. a new, something new, which is very cool. I exactly. did appreciate how it was, uh, how it was shot on film. Yes, this was his uh, first time digital. shooting on film. Yeah, I respect that because that's it's, it's. I feel like it's a dying art. Not not many directors shoot on film anymore. I think it looks a lot, you know, more vivid. Yeah, uh, you know, than than digital. Yes, definitely. I appreciate the uniqueness as well, and just how he he beats to his own drum. You know, and like I was saying, every detail is carefully carefully planned out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
definitely. So, so I only have a couple of uh, by the numbers, but Kiki Palmer's introductory scene in which Emerald delivers her energetic and fast-talking monologue, which I, I really enjoyed, about her family history during a safety meeting on the set of a film shoot took 14 takes to shoot. Jordan Peele described each one as very wildly different. <laughs> hmm. She seemed very animated. I'd like to see the other take just to kind of compare. It would be I cool. Would. You would not or you would? It's just too much. It's too over the top for me. That's, yeah, that's true. Listening to that whole thing, yeah, I didn't think about that until <laughs> Jeff just said something. <laughs> 14 times? Oh, nope. yeah, yeah. So I, I just now remembered how long that was. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, I was, I was like looking at like, when, when is she going to be done talking about this? This is very long. It was very awkward. It felt awkward, that scene. <laughs> so another one here, the very early clip of the jockey, speaking of her talking about the scene, she's talking about the jockey riding a horse, which Emerald claims features her and OJ's ancestor is a real 1878 animated series of photographs, one of the first moving images ever, which has come to be called the Salier Garnier at a gallop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the name of the horse. The two jockeys were listed as being named C. Marvin and G. Dom. Neither of their identities are known, though they very well could have been black as Emerald claims. In those days, many jockeys were black, such as 13 of the 15 jockeys racing at the first Kentucky Derby in 1875. And Peel talks about it quite a bit, that he 100% believes that they were um, black actors, the first black actors, and the first actors on film. And not not cool that they were not known. Yeah. The ID FE1111 appears on Angel's truck. FE stands for Fry's Electronics. Jeremiah 1111 is notably referenced in Jordan Peele's previous film, Us, from 2019. It says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. You know why this is in By the Numbers? What is that? Because it has a, a number. Yeah, because has a number in it. But it <laughs> the it's funny because Fry's Electronics is out of business. They like went out of business during the filming of this. Oh, I, told, I didn't even know that was a real store. They well, yeah. There's one in Ve- there was one in Vegas. I went to it many times. It's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it was like just like a Best Buy ripoff. No, yeah, that's what I thought too. Or like Geek Squad. No, it's a real was a real place and. Too bad for fries. They could have used the publicity. Too late. Oh, it sucks. Couple more. The film begins with a quote from the biblical book of Nahum. Another Bible reference. Uh, I guess Peel's a Bible nut. By interesting coincidence, the vision of the prophet Nahum did involve a lot of horses as well. Who'd have thought? So many Bible references of horses. Thanks, Prophet Nahum. Yeah, so in that verse, it starts the film and says, I will pelt you with filth, I will treat you with contempt, I will make you a spectacle. And the whole theme of the spectacle is this movie, right? Yeah, I would agree. And that's what Pill wanted to film. I was watching one of his interviews, and he kind of said he wanted to be like Spielberg-esque. 
and that's what a spectacle is, right? When we think of Steven Spielberg. Yeah, like Jaws. He references yeah, Jaws. Yeah, he's saying that Jaws and Close Encounters, those are big influences. Yeah. yeah. And like The Thing. I think he talked about that a little bit too in some of his interviews. John he Carpenter. He did. He also thing. defended John Carpenter. Somebody said he was the best horror director of all time. And he's like, no, 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 that's John Carpenter and slander. Yeah, I was going to bring that up next week in uh, Popcorn Redemption, but I love that you brought it up now because the some Twitter fan proclaimed that that Jordan Peele was the greatest horror director of all time, and he's like, I love your enthusiasm, but I will not tolerate any John Carpenter slander. <laughs> yeah. And, like, who knows? Peele's, you know, he's up there, He's and his he career's pretty young, so... Yeah, over there's a lot that we still get from from Peel. We need to peel back some more Jordan Peel in the coming years. On July twenty second, on July twenty second, twenty twenty one, Jordan Peel released an image on Instagram for this movie with the title "Nope," and I remember when he dropped that. Exactly one year later, the film would be released on July twenty second, twenty twenty two. Many twos. It's a number. Did you guys remember seeing the poster and you were like, what is going on with this poster? Yeah. And I also learned about, um, do you know the Stevens character with the cowboy hat on the poster? Steven Noon. Yeah. And the cowboy hat is actually the, I don't want to spoil anything, but the mysterious objects in the movie, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Keep it at that. <laughs> so, it was pretty cool how he it looked like a cowboy hat but it turned out to be you know i like that um my last by the numbers is when ricky yoon states that in one hour you will leave here having witnessed a spectacle there is exactly one hour until the film's end credits nice i like when movies do that i do too i love it when there's a like a countdown clock and it actually is the exact same amount of time yeah. I loved the TV show 24 for that very reason. Jack I, Bauer. Jack Bauer. I mean, dude, like, I love it. I love it when, when I don't love it when it's the opposite, where when, when the villain is approaching someone and they, like, the camera cuts back 30 times and you're like, dude, I could have, like, crawled faster than this guy's running <laughs> towards this person to kill them. Like, right. Yeah. I, I I like I like that. I like when time goes by at the right amount of time. Uh, an example that that I that I thought of. Uh, have you ever seen Zero Dark Thirty? Yes. Yeah. So the apparently the, uh, the you know the final uh, you know the scene where they raid the Bin Laden complex. Apparently they uh, the amount of time it took in the movie was about the exact same amount of time it took for them to actually go on this raid from start to finish so as soon as they landed they you know they, oh, they crashed awesome. one of their choppers yeah apparently it took that long and i'm like you think about it that's actually pretty quick though <laughs> like that's fast it felt <laughs> yeah apparently it felt quick yeah yeah like catherine bigelow wanted to make it as uh i guess uh, gripping as possible so yeah that's um, a really that's a really good example have you guys yeah. seen um nick of time with johnny depp Yes, I was gonna. I was thinking of that when I was talking about this, and I didn't yes, think anyone would know place. about that. Yeah, I love that movie. Christopher Walken's a bad guy, and does, isn't it like a two-hour, like 
Yeah, it might be a little shorter, but yeah, Johnny Depp's, uh, what is it, Her his daughter gets kidnapped, and he's got an hour mm-hmm. to save her or so, and it takes place all in real time. Yeah, it's great. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, we're nearing the end of part one, but I wanted to, I, I don't know how we can do this without being super spoilery, but this is Should You Watch This, and I know we're going to give our main rating next week, but can we can we give the listeners a should or shouldn't you watch this? Yeah, I give it a, yeah, should watch this. Okay. I I also, yeah, I would say yes. If you, if you, and I already gave you the, my reasons, but like, I think it, there's a lot of redeeming qualities about this film, despite all of its, all of my hangups with it. I'm not saying that generally, like there are hangups with my hangups with it. Even despite that, I think it's, it's worth a, a, a viewing and is on the biggest screen as you can get. I know it's not out in theaters anymore, but if you can get to some place that has as big a screen as you can get and the best audio, I think it would be much, it would give more to the movie than, than watching it on your phone. Definitely. What about you, Jerry? Yeah, you know, it's you know any movie's worth a watch, you know, to form your own opinion. Uh, personally, I probably wouldn't see it again, but I'm um, <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that one, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I don't think I'd go see it again. You know, or at least not go out of my way. I don't know if maybe if you know I was at a friend's house and they said, "Hey, date you know, night, I'm gonna, date night. yeah, yeah, yeah," there's some background noise, you know. <laughs> Okay, let's. This is how we tie this all together. Before I get my outro, we talked about gummies earlier. Is is this is this? Should you do that with this film? And would it make it better, or would you make it more? Would you be like freaked out more? I don't know. Me personally, I feel like uh, I just wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't care how confusing it is. <laughs> You'd just be like, I just, I, I just not, be enjoying the moment. All right. <laughs> I'm like I don't. I'm not expecting to know what this movie's about, anyways. You know, I'm on gummies, so you know that, that, that's my that's my <laughs> my personal stance, right. I guess, on that. All right, I just thought I'd, <laughs> I decided to bring it full circle here. We talked about it earlier. Anything else you guys want to bring up before uh, before we go? No, I think you got it. All right, at this point, next week there will be some spoilers up ahead. So if you want to watch and then come back next week and join us for a breakdown of Nope. From 2022, giddy up and gallop on over to watch Nope. I'm on the social medias. I dare you to message the great popcorn priest at Popcorn Priest. I love movies and would love it if you would share the love. Share this with the movie lover in your life. Another way to support the show is by throwing a few shekels at the priest by visiting patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest and see what extra perks you can enjoy. Lastly, the easiest way to support the show and the most free is like, subscribe, and give us a five-star review. Easier than starting a car. As always, thanks for listening, and thanks to my guests, JJ, always a pleasure, and Jerry Garcia. Lots of lots of j- 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 sounds. A lot of a lot of j- 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 going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week for part two of Nope. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>